<laughs> I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I want to hear you scream. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Like a welcome back. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. back, fans. All the fans we have. Thank you for listening to. Did you hear that? Did you? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah. Did you hear that? Good. We're on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> Aaron. Aaron. So since we started recording this way back when, you have been noticing things happening in your apartment. Now, since we're doing this and we're hearing all these amazing stories, do you think this has somehow magnified the things that are happening in your apartment, or are you just? more open to it now maybe it's just i'm more conscious of it now yeah versus just being like oh yeah i'm just gonna say it's a scary noise from you know or like it's my neighbors making noise but now i'm like oh okay now that noise is way more apparent i do have an update though great this is the the chair the haunted chair no this is a whole different thing so i was home by myself last night and I, I didn't have any music or anything playing and I heard just like someone writing on my window like that Whoa. noise right yeah that is a very familiar sound yeah it's like a, it's like a rubbing yeah it's like a squeaking. it's a rubbing like squeaking like yeah. someone writing on my window and I've been known to like have like some of my friends you live on the first floor yes I live okay. on the first floor so uh, I've had friends like hit the window or like do stuff to like scare, scare me while I'm in my kitchen. So I always assume it's them. So this time I was like, okay, I'm just going to ignore it. Cause that's just, I was, I thought it was my boyfriend because he was coming over and I was like, yeah. that's just Nick. Like he's just playing a game. And then <laughs> terrifying game yeah. of the girl who's home alone. Yeah. And then I kept hearing it and I was like, all right, okay, I'm just going to open it. And then he's going to hit the window and it's going to scare me. So then I go to where I thought it was and open it, open the window, like the blind right. and I see nothing. And then I like close the blind and then I hear it on the, another window next to me. And then I go, oh, okay. And then I open up the blind and then I was like, okay, well, no one's there. And the lights are on. You have all the lights, lights? on. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. It's so harder to see myself. outside though. Yeah. But all the lights are on. Everything's on. Like, there's no music playing. There's no sound that could have. It was so loud. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It was definitely coming from a window. And so I checked, like, all the windows in my apartment and for writing. Can I ask you, like, how many, just ballpark, how many windows one, do you think you have? In two, three, four, five. Oh, brag much? There's <laughs> all in one room. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just one, just one window. wall of windows. Yeah, everything else is no, dark so, so several several rooms, Yeah, five, about five windows. Wow. Yes. It's so creepy. And it's like, it's a classic, like, old Chicago apartment where it's just, like, narrow. So, right. you're, like, when you're sitting on the couch, you can just see down into the kitchen, like, this long hallway into the kitchen and just, like, pitch black. Yeah, it's super creepy, but I was, like, convinced that it was just, like, my boyfriend playing around and, like, writing on the window, like, saying, you know, like, yeah. farts or... Now, did you look to see if there was writing? Yeah, there yeah, was... Nothing. There's nothing. nothing. There's nothing. But I'm, like, 
20 bucks says, like, if it steams up real hard, something's going to be there. Yeah. I have, like, puppies and kittens and, like, Christmas attire on my, like, the window clings. Yeah, that'll make so it So when okay. I, like, open the window dramatically, or, like, the blind dramatically, it's just, like, a kitten in a, like, present box. And I was like, oh, it's just a kitten. <laughs> Until the one day there's, like, this bloody face. Oh, and yeah. And they wrote, going to get you in blood or something. My roommate's still very much convinced that it's a friendly ghost. Anytime I say there's a ghost, she's like, but it's, like, a friendly Friendly ghost. Yeah, whatever you got to tell yourself, right? <laughs> now, have you, have you guys been, like, conversing about that? Like, hey, did, last night I heard these window noises. Have you heard anything I like that? I asked her if she was home. Or experiencing anything? Yeah. Well, like, she doesn't, she's not, like, as, like, paranoid as I am, and she's not home <laughs> as much as I am by herself. Yeah, no wonder. <laughs> if she's home, I'm home generally. So I'm normally home by myself before she is. But uh, she's, like, will admit that things are a little weird and turned around a bunch sometimes when we come home. But she's, like, convinced it's a friendly ghost. And yeah, I'm, like, sure, sure. I'm not convinced that that's a thing. No, no, no. All. This chair brought evil into your apartment. Yeah. It's just so haunted looking. Like it's just that chair. I still want to see this. We're gonna we're gonna do an episode. We've decided we're gonna do a recording from your apartment. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we want to experience this, and and if for anything else, you won't be home alone. Yeah, sure. Just let's let go and piss off the ghost. No, we're not gonna bit. piss it off. We're, we're just gonna, gonna egg it on. We're just gonna ask us some questions. We'll set up an extra microphone. Maybe maybe like um, a computer, an open computer with a keyboard, so it could yeah. communicate with us. Or maybe even a Ouija board. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Does the Ouija board have any effect on my neighbor's shitty house music upstairs? <laughs> There's only one way to find out. That's fair. Okay, well, keep us updated. I will. I will. Anyway, let's get to our guest. Let's get to our guest, uh, Tyler Patterson. He is a uh, Chicago improviser. He is a writer. He is uh, a member of the Shock Tees. And um, when I first started asking around about... Uh, people you know getting guests on the show my friend rob grabowski's like you have got to get tyler patterson on this podcast his stories are amazing and i said stories yeah and you actually can get more from him too he uh you can buy his books on amazon and we mentioned his books several times yeah um so go check them out please do that please visit it uh amazon.com amazon.com <laughs> we are not sponsored by amazon.com <laughs> we're not sponsored by amazon.com <laughs> but if they're listening jeff bezos Am I saying that right? Bezos? I don't even know what you're doing right well, now. Jeff Bezos. Look him up. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to this interview. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, today we have Tyler Patterson with us. Tyler, how do you spell your last name? Two Ds? <laughs> Tyler Patterson. Oh. Uh, it's P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N. Uh, and are you? where are you from, Tyler? Uh, I'm originally from Boston, from oh. Boston proper, and also uh, a suburb just outside of Boston called North Andover. Oh, okay. And then uh, I'm not too familiar with Boston, only the accent. <laughs> only the accent. Yeah. A lot of history in Boston. A lot of movies come out of Boston, uh, but a lot of tormented history from around the area with the Salem Witch Trials and things like that. Okay. Okay. And uh, Tyler, you are actually working on a book right now. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, I'm working on a nonfiction book right now called My Haunted History. Uh, I come from a long line of hauntings. 
I think that's, <laughs> I guess that's the best way to put it, where everyone in my family on some capacity has experienced something like some more than others. But uh, dating back as far as like my great grandparents, they've documented all these uh, experiences that they've had. And I've gotten a hold of a lot of their uh, diaries, their journals, their dream journals and things like that. Awesome. And so I'm trying to take experiences that I've personally experienced, experiences that my family has experienced and try and find common threads between them. And I have uncovered some like really unique things uh, about the family and about our history with kind of the paranormal and supernatural, which is very interesting on both like a psychological level and, you know, a scare factor level. Is your family like, like long line from Boston, like staying around the area or did you guys? Kind of. uh, My grandfather was from Scotland originally then immigrated here. Um, my grandmother was from uh, Prince Edward Island in Canada. So, you know, it's kind of a collection of all over the place. Like my grandmother on the other side was from Sweden originally. So it's a lot of just kind of collecting in one place and then moving around and then kind of planting our seeds in Boston. Oh, okay. And you now, uh, you moved to Chicago for a comedy. I did, yeah. I moved to Chicago. I worked for, when I was 23, turning 24, I worked for uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines as a youth counselor <laughs> where I met a touring company of Second City and nice. they were like, yo, Chicago's the place to be. I like how you, you met people in the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean. That convinced me to move to Chicago. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, right now. Jumped off the boat with briefcases <laughs> and swam all the way here because you can do that, right? Oh, yes. It's very, very easy. Geography is not my strongest suit, you guys. It's okay. Well, I'll show you a map later. Uh, right now, well, you're going to tell us one of your, your stories. Yeah, absolutely. So this story takes place when I was about 21 years old. It was between my junior and senior year of college. So my mom still lives in Boston. And I would go back and live with her for the first like few weeks of summer before I went to Maine to live with my dad for the rest of the summer, which is kind of where I worked up there. Uh, so she lives in a suburb right outside of Boston. And uh, my sister was also going to UNH at the time, which is where I went. Uh, so we were both back visiting. And my mom lives alone. We had a few cats, or she had a few cats. And uh, But she's a, a second grade school teacher, so she would go to bed super early. And so it was up to me to kind of lock up the house. It, it was the same way in high school. I'd lock up the house, I'd let the dog out, I'd let the cats in, something like that. So it was not uncommon for me to be up late, later than everyone else in the household. So one night in particular, it was a few, it was about a week and a half before my sister and I went up to Maine for the rest of the summer that I locked up the house, went to bed, and there's only two times in my life I've experienced this feeling where I woke up from a dead sleep in full fight mode. Like when they say fight or flight, it was 100% fight. And I've never experienced that before. And I've trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I've done like martial arts in the past. I've never felt anything like this because it felt like there was an intruder in the house and I was fully prepared to die to protect everybody. And I don't know how I got into that mindset or what triggered it, but there was this overwhelming feeling of there's someone in the house and I need to protect my mom and my sister. And I got up and it wasn't a matter of, is there someone here? It was a matter of, where are you? That's how strong it felt. So I got up and I started searching the rooms. And so I looked around my room and didn't see anything. So I poked my head into the hall real cautiously. And I looked down towards my sister's room and down the end of the hall. Her door was closed. She's a very light sleeper. I didn't want to wake her up at all. So I popped my head into the guest room. I don't see anything in there. I popped my head into my mom's room and she's fast asleep. So I think it's probably something downstairs. So I walked downstairs. Again, it's pitch black. We don't have a lot of shades in the house. So it was one of those things where you could see outside, but someone who was outside might not be able to see in. So I was fully prepared to see someone creeping around outside of the house. And I was fully prepared to go out and fight them. It's a very strange feeling because I'm I'm not a violent person by any, any stretch, any measure. I wouldn't want to. But in that moment, I was ready to. Uh, didn't see anybody. So I walked around the downstairs, was poking my head into like the computer room, into the den, to everywhere else. And nothing was there, but that feeling never left. So I like unlocked the basement door and walked down to the basement by myself, you know, 
the classic. 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 Uh, knowing full well this is a bad idea. It's yeah. like four o'clock in the morning. No one's up. Like no one's even driving by on the street. If anyone, if anything were to happen, like I'm done. <laughs> I search the basement for a little while and again, don't find anything. And so I get back up and lock the door behind me and then sit on the stairs for about an hour just listening because nothing feels right. There's that overwhelming sense of something is about to happen and nothing feels okay. And I don't know how to handle it from here. Like, I don't know, should I wake up my mom and my sister? Should I let them sleep? I don't know. I've never been in this situation. I don't know. Maybe someone is still in the house hiding. I haven't found them yet. And so I am sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. And then out of nowhere, the feeling lifts. It just goes away. Like, like someone opened up a window and just like fresh air came in like a first fresh day of spring where you're like, okay, the air is like thick again. And I was like, that's weird. But I was very unsettled by that because it's if it came on that fast, if it left that fast, it could come back equally as fast. So I don't think I slept the rest of that night. I kind of crept back upstairs and went into my room and just kind of laid in my bed, just listening to the house, listening to the people walk by on the street or cars drive by. You know, any sound out of the ordinary, I'd be like, is that natural? Is that not natural? A few days later, and I didn't tell my mom or my sister that this happened because my sister and I were going away for the rest of the summer. My mom would be there by herself. I didn't know what the proper protocol was. I don't know if this was maybe a nightmare that got into my head. Hard to say, right? So a few days later, my sister comes up to me and she was like, hey, Tyler, have you been having weird dreams lately? And I was like, what do you mean by weird dreams? She goes, on Wednesday night, I had a dream that there was someone in the house. And I was like, all right, don't freak out. But on Wednesday night, I got up and searched the house because I also felt like there was someone in the house. She said, did you check every room? I said, yeah, I checked every room. and I couldn't find anything. Well, except for your room, your door was closed. And she goes, okay, because I dreamt that there was someone in my room. <laughs> and I, of course, like my blood runs cold. We had never talked about this beforehand. Uh, she freaks out and she ends up sleeping like on my floor of my room for like the rest of the time there. And I was trying to break down the logistics of if that was possible. Could someone have gotten into her room? And both of us felt it on the exact same night. Could right. someone have gotten in and not known? And I was outside and I was looking. So in order to get into her room, someone would have had to have like a long ladder and like climbed over her bed. Right. She's a light sleeper. So she would have known or they would have had to come inside during the day and like hide in her closet and then like get out during the day. Like, like a lot of those crazy thoughts went through my head of if I'm in fight or flight mode, if I'm in fight, these are all the things that like popped in. I'm just like, I need to figure this out and don't have an answer for why that happened. And again, I've only felt that twice in my life. That was the very first time I'd ever felt it. Still no answers to this day. Right. That's crazy. That's especially that, that shared experience. Mm -hmm. So like how long had you lived in that house before this happened? I'd lived there since childhood, since as far back as I can remember. Okay, so you like knew that house like the back of your hand. Oh, you were yeah. like, I know yeah. exactly yeah. where someone would hide if mm -hmm. they wanted to hide because yep. you yourself might have <laughs> hid there hid as there a kid. Yeah, you're like, times. I know the spots. <laughs> uh, that's And is your sister older or is she younger? She's younger than me. Okay. She's two years younger, yeah. And, and this was when you were... I was a junior in college going okay. to my senior year. Okay. So there's a lot of changes going on. Part of it like attributed to stress. Like, maybe it was the stress of like moving on. And maybe I felt like there was like some sort of intruder and I still felt needed in my family. I don't know. Like, it's hard to say psychologically like where I was at, but it was such a unique experience. And then also like that was not the first time that something has happened in that house. Like that house was for sure haunted. Yeah, but, that was going to be my right, next question. Right, yeah. Like the house, like there might be something in which like, mm -hmm. you know, just the energy of it. So my house growing up was in North Andover, Massachusetts, which boasts a very high claim. More witches were put to death in North Andover than in Salem, Massachusetts, wow. which Damn. is like right next door, which a lot of people overlook in history. Like Salem was the the place where all the trials took place. Mm -hmm. 
and everyone got condemned and all that stuff. But North Andover was where they actually did the hangings or the stonings and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, so, hey, look, we're we're terrible too, you yeah, guys. Like, exactly. don't forget how terrible we are. <laughs> but you know, history loves to overlook like some of the grim details. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So I grew up with a lot of those stories, always in the periphery. And our house wasn't super old, but like the land was. Mm-hmm. And like, I had my first ghost experience when I was like six, where I saw someone dressed up in like old old timey clothes like walk through my wall like into my sister's room and like stuff like that like it started young for me so there's almost like going from that too there's almost like a pattern of Mm -hmm. where uh entities or things uh that feeling is going after your sister and which forces you into the position of uh the protector Mm -hmm. right so you have to fight off uh, i would say what 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 did the old timey clothes look like they're like colonial style like uh hats hats and buckles on the hats and (laughs) You know, (laughs) weird haircuts. (laughs) Get away from her, you weird haircut. Yeah. Well, that is a great story. I mean, I think you can only really sum it up to two things. Either there was actually someone in the house, Mm -hmm. which you both had that feeling so it could have been you were awoken by that sound, Mm -hmm. or the fact that you both shared that that experience that somebody was uh, there, just not in sight, which is terrifying. (laughs) Equally terrifying. I got this sense. It was like, oh, maybe he's just really stressed out in this dream and he's just gonna, you know, Mm -hmm. and then, and then the fact that your sister also felt the same thing. I was like, ah, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's the thing about my sister. My sister, like my dad's side of the family, the women in the family have this ability to sense things like this extra sense times like a hundred because my dad has experienced things. I've experienced things, but on his side of the family specifically, they've experienced unbelievable things. Like they've experienced dream sharing where the same people have the same dream, but they're across the country and they'll never talk about it but they keep very detailed dream journals that i've gotten a hold of and like on the same night they've had the same dream about the same exact thing which is uh, so ironic in which where you live that mm-hmm. the women in your family have uh that extra sense and you live in a the town in which if anyone were to find that out they'd be like be oh hey we're dead. known for terrible things mm-hmm. we have t-shirts yeah. that say that and mm-hmm. we'll take care of it yeah yeah. That's so interesting. I mean, yeah. even to this day, my sister now lives in Savannah, Georgia, which is one of the most haunted places Another, like in the country. Right. Oh, so she'll text place. me at like two, three o'clock in the morning being like, I saw the crooked man again. <sighs> so the crooked man is this guy that like has followed her around for years that will appear in her corner who has like unnaturally long arms and legs and will crawl out of the corner towards oh. her. Oh, Trying sweet to come Jesus. after her. And she'll will it out of her room. But uh, what you're saying is that it's followed her from different parts of the country. So yeah. it's, wow. That's it's, it's, not... <laughs> <laughs> yeah she'd be like i saw the crooked man again like he came to me again the crooked man and, and that's the name she had given that's the name she gives him yeah, yeah. that's great wow he prefers phil yeah well. he's just he's bothering because well, you just get my name right for months we'll mm-hmm. have to have your sister on the show as well yeah she's point. coming into town okay uh, oh. in a few weeks so if you want her on i can so is the crooked man ironically yeah. <laughs> they travel together oh you know maybe just leave him at home <laughs> for the holidays oh that's awful what a terrible like pet to have yeah there's a, there's a lot of stuff that she takes as like everyday occurrences now that I have to remind her are not everyday occurrences. Right. So I have to tell her, this is not normal. This yeah. is not what nat- like normal people go through. She'll be like, oh yeah, I saw this face appear in the TV after I turned it off. It had no nose and its place of a nose is like this gr- uh, glowing orb. And I was like, Jess, you realize that this is not what people see when they turn off the TV. Right. That is like a ghost bet- clown. Yeah. yeah. I bet she's terrible at like the water cooler at work where yeah. everyone's just like, did you guys watch The Walking Dead? She's like, oh no, I see dead people like, sometimes no, in my it. house. Yeah. In, in buckle hats. So yeah. uh, no, would have worked. <laughs> a simple no would a suffice. No would suffice. I gotta jump in too because I this crooked man thing is uh-huh. insanely creepy. Right? Yeah. Do you have any like information on what it is or what it might be? 
So there's a few different theories kind of floating around between my sister and I right now. Because uh, we've been to Salem before to get our cards read, like our fortunes read by people that claim to be descendants of like the Salem witches and stuff. Wow. I love your family. So, Just going to put that in there. I love your family. We're, we're kind of nuts. So kind of dating back a long time. This is kind of like a long-winded way to answer like the question. So my mom's side of the family is from Sweden originally. And our bloodline started when the king had an affair with a commoner. Mm-hmm. And so that's how our bloodline started. And you're paying for it, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, so we have, like, technically, I guess we have, like, royal blood in us somewhere. And there was a psychic who called that out immediately and told my sister she had royal blood. And these uh, entities were trying to, like, take her spirit or take her soul or something like that. And I guess the crooked man like dates back to Swedish folklore. And then we found out all this in hindsight where it's like the spirit that would come in and try and like corrupt your dreams and corrupt your uh, your soul. So you could not achieve the things you meant to achieve because you were of like a bastard bloodline. Whoa. Dick. So <laughs> it way to totally undercut like years and years of hauntings with what a dick. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he's, he's called the Crooked Man because he he's what now? So his arms are unnaturally long and his feet are unnaturally long. And whenever he appears, like he'll appear in the corner and then come out and almost like crawl and like with his unnaturally long limbs, oh, like start boy. scuttling towards her. And your, your sister doesn't completely freak out at no. this? No. At this point, she's used to it. She's just like, I had to will him out of my room again. When did she start seeing him? Uh, when she was young. Oh, but she was hesitant God. to tell me about it because she thought it wasn't normal because it's not normal. Yeah, <laughs> right. And has anyone else in the family witnessed the Crooked Man? I, I've had dreams about the Crooked mm. Man, but I've never seen the Crooked Man. Uh, my Aunt Ellen and my Aunt Jean have both seen the Crooked Man. The same bloodline, so, same uh, side of the family? That uh, different side of the family. Oh, interesting. So, because, and, and you guys, it's believed because it stems back from an affair. From an affair, yeah, back in Sweden, like way, way back in the day. Oh, man, they don't just key cars there, do they? They just, <laughs> no. yeah, they, they curse your bloodline. They curse your bloodline. It's a, <laughs> they go after, yeah, spiritual warfare. It's like, like Carrie right, Underwood. Just play some Carrie Underwood <laughs> and take a baseball bat to his truck. Don't, like, curse the children. Mm-hmm. No, 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 they now. meant it. Is, oh wow is, so is he trying to harm her he is there's a lot of malicious intent behind it like when she feels that presence there she knows it's out to get her specifically she uh has a tendency both my sister and i have a lot of issues with sleep like i don't sleep very well i have nightmares i don't ever have dreams uh, my sister will talk in her sleep and have full-on conversations with people in her sleep and wake up and remember exactly what she said we exactly like who she was talking to, things like that. So growing up and we had to like share a room, there were a lot of conversations that were being had or like a lot of times where she'd wake up, she'd be like, uh, where were we recently? This happened very recently. We were in, I think I was visiting her in Savannah, Georgia, and we're both sleeping in the same room and she woke up and she said, Tyler, don't move. I said, why? She said, because the lady in the nurse's uniform is watching us. What? And I said, from where? And she said, from the corner. And like, I didn't want to look. And she said, I was like, what is she doing? She looked and said, she doesn't like the fact that we're here. And just kind of like stared her down for a sec. And I started looking around. I didn't see anything. And then my sister was like, all right, she's gone now. Oh, oh God. And my I... sister, like, because, you know, I come from a place of con- like comedy studying right. that in Chicago. So I know if something scares somebody, I'm going to do it times like a thousand. Right. Just to, just to be that person, just to get under their skin. She won't. Right. She's she's very shy in real life. Kind of takes a little bit of warming up to get her to talk. Yeah, because I mean, she's the... being haunted. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a lighthearted person when the crooked man's in your corner. <laughs> she doesn't like jokes, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's got a great sense of humor, but when it comes to that stuff, she's just like, oh, here we go. 
Yeah. And it's like on. <laughs> so. Wow. wow. She must hate haunted houses. She loves them. The same thing with me. Like we love going to like haunted houses and stuff. She she's a photographer, so she loves going into abandoned houses specifically to take pictures of that stuff. She's just. But she can also just like oh, yeah. feel energies and stuff and like feel right. what's going on. It's unreal. Well, we'd we'd love to have her on the the, mm. the podcast soon when she's here. But I would also love to ask her. But I'll ask you right now. But. Mm. Is the reason she moved to Savannah, Georgia, because of that? No. Okay. That she, just worked out. She just, just worked happened out. to move to like one of the most haunted places in ever. In the country. Yeah. Crooked man won't find me here. Can I ask? And I don't know this. Why is Savannah, Georgia considered haunted? Just because of a lot of the like brutal history that happened there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like the South and a lot of that. Uh, so she's she's history. in the hub of it. So yeah. she's with her energy there. Mm-hmm. She's just like in it. She's in it. Yeah. Oh, wow. She's a dream warrior. <laughs> I, I, I also like to think that the nurse she saw wasn't like the old, like, a uniform that we all picture with, like, the Red Cross and everything, but, like, in scrubs with cartoon characters on it. <laughs> I immediately went to, like, Snoopy Dog yeah, scrubs you need to do in that the corner. Like to not yeah, scare and yourself. I was like, and then I was like, oh, no, probably, like, real creepy, like, wearing a cardigan. Mm. That is amazing. That is amazing. Um, you, so you don't have a crooked man of your own. Like crooked man is obviously terrifying, but you don't yeah. have your own entity that's following you around, do you? No, not like one specific entity. No. Okay. <laughs> not multiple. <laughs> there, there are. There's I've many. Had, I've had multiple run-ins with like the same one, but not one that like follows me specifically. But right. there's one that for sure follows her. Jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah, she gets all the ghosts. Um, do you, uh, we'd love to talk about your, your two published books. Sure, yeah. Um, and then we'll have you back to hopefully mm-hmm. talk about your upcoming work. But Absolutely. If you'd like to, to talk about those right now. Sure. So I have two novels out right now. Uh, the first one is called Dark Satellites, and it's a fiction book that is loosely based on nightmares that I've had growing up, like the ones that really stuck out. Yeah. So the premise takes place uh, in the not-too-distant future where uh, these satellites were created as a way to, like, monitor the enemy but also play off of their fears, like, fears a wavelength, to then project their fears around them to make them go insane. But the satellites ended up getting too much control and, like, the world, like, kind of went mad. And so it's about uh, a soldier who's been fighting this war that he's not sure anyone can win because fear is a human emotion. And how he goes, he gets pulled from the war to go live with his family on a secluded island. The book is very much written so it feels like you're a nightmare that you're reading. So things feel jagged. The dialogue is a little spacey and distant. Yeah. And... It's about, uh, as a soldier's perspective, like it's a very, very harsh reality, a very, very nightmarish world where what you're afraid of will manifest in front of you and you have to confront it. And he's the only one kind of equipped to deal with it. And so it's humanity at its most vulnerable point uh, trying to, and him trying to decide whether or not humanity is worth saving because of all the, like the horrible things right. he's seen too. Wow. So that's kind of the premise of Dark Satellites. Sounds great. And then the second novel I have out right now is called The King of Cowards, which is about a group of three con men who just travel around the country conning people out of money because they believe that society needs to be re- rebuilt from the bottom up. And so their way of disrupting that is to con people out of money, but mm. essentially build this homeless army that'll go in and do all these kind of like almost like Project Mayhem-y stuff and disrupt our society, disrupt our system. And so we can like rebuild and start again. But naturally, it doesn't always work out that way. Right. And that's very relevant these days. Very much. <clears throat> well, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you want to tell people where they yeah. can find these books, that would be. Yeah, absolutely. They're on Amazon.com right now. If you want to go to my website, it's WT Patterson, Patterson with one T.com. Uh, that's also my Twitter handle is at WT Patterson. If you tweet at me, I'll tweet at you back. <laughs> I'll try. I've been tweeting at the crooked man for like an hour now. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll have you on again soon. We'd love to have you back. So yeah, thank you so much Thanks, uh, for the nightmares that you've given us. <laughs> thank you. Ha, 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 ha.
thanks for listening, guys. Um, just want to give you a little reminder here that we are still collecting stories. So if you want to send something, you've got a spooky story. Maybe you've got a friend who's got one. They can uh, they can email us. Uh, if you've got like a grandparent who maybe just loves telling stories, next time you're over there, you've got your iPhone. Record that, and uh, you can email that to us at monster at seamonsters.tv. That's monster at seamonsters.tv. Did You Hear That is a Sea Monsters production. If you want to follow us socially, you can find those at our website. That's seamonsters.tv. It's seamonsters.tv. There's an S in there. There's two S's. All right, that's it, guys. Don't forget to share, tell your friends, subscribe, and good luck sleeping. (laughs) 